Thank you. You may be seated. I, I love Christmas, and I hope you do too. I would hate to call you the, the Grinch or something like that. You know, every year, my family, uh, again, Gwen and I just want to make sure that our children know that we're blessed. And uh, we've, we've been talking at the church, and I've been preaching about all year. Our axiom, which it means a self-evident truth that needs no proof, means that we are blessed in order to be a blessing. And time and again, that God reminds us how blessed we are. And sometimes we we don't really take time to just meditate on that. Because one thing I realize uh, as a father, if our children don't know how blessed they are, then they always are thinking, that's mine, that's mine, that's mine, because there's not enough. But if they know that there's more than enough, then they're willing to share. And, and that, I believe, is what God said. I've come to give you life, but, 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 but not to just give you life, but to enjoy life to the full and even to the overflow. You know, I went to a, a dinner uh, the other night, and a man that was there started talking to me about how blessed he was. And he said that to me. You know, I believe God has given me more than enough to the overflow. And the overflow, it, it, it means that I can share with others. And I just looked at him like, okay, who in here has been going to my church telling this guy? That's how I feel. And I, and I hope you know that. Gwen and I take our children to a steakhouse, Texas Day Brazil, every year. I mean, we save up for it, and it's pretty exciting. We eat big. This time of year is a time of celebration for us, just like you. Uh, but uh, Brooke, our daughter, she uh, celebrates her birthday on the uh, 18th, which is tomorrow. So uh, this year, the ladies went or after the steakhouse. The next day, they went to uh, shop. And so we had given them a little money, and, and Brooke got a little money, and, uh, you know, it was pretty exciting. And she got back, and she said, Dad, I spent too much. And I said, well, what would you buy? And she said, a dress. And I said, Brooke, how much did you spend on that dress? And she told me, I said, Brooke, that's way too much. And she said, the devil tempted me to get down. <laughs> I said, Brooke, you've been raised in a family. You know how to handle that, Joker. You tell him to get behind you. She said, I did. And he got back there and said, it looks pretty good on this angle, too. <laughs> Brooke, that's all you get for your birthday right there. A little shout out. If you're visiting, you know. That did not happen. All right, let's keep going. This morning, again, uh, I've been going through a, several series and just kind of remind you uh, that you do have a new name written down in glory. It's a new day, and, and God has blessed us. And, and again, as we come to this time of the year, you can choose to take some of the things that the Word of God has made evident in your life, and you can say, well, one day, one day, or you can determine to say, this is day one, and I'm going to choose to walk the things that the Word of God has been planted in my heart to bring more than just a little bit, more than just for me, 30, 60, and 100 fold, so that I can be able to share. You know, a lot of times we think of 
having more than enough, and people, especially in America, go quickly to money. But God has blessed us, and, and money is important. I, I get that, and I'm not trying to minimize, you know, that we're, we're better than that. But, but at the same time, that there's so much, so much, so much more in our lives that God has blessed us with than just money. Come on now. We're going to be talking about what God has given us in the area of hope. When you wake up in the morning and you have hope, have you not realized at your age that if there's no hope in the future, there's no power in the present? Maybe you've gone through a little spell in your life where you didn't really feel like you had much hope for tomorrow and all of a sudden it's hard to get out of bed. Some people call it depression. Some negative people call it laziness. Oh, you don't understand. But let me tell you, when you lose hope, there's a, there's a kickback and a consequence and a behavior that is an action that just says, you know what, I, I just, I, life just isn't fun. You come to a place like this and the pastor says, would you just please smile for five minutes and walk around and shake hands? You go, oh, it's just painful, painful. I just painful. Pastor, it's painful. This morning, I want to kind of take that thought, and we're going to talk about, here's Jesus at Christmas, and maybe you missed it, but the whole reason for the season is Jesus, and Jesus as a little baby comes to earth for a purpose. Some people get stuck that he's a baby. No, no. He came as a man to grow, or came as a baby to grow into a man to die for our sins. Don't forget that. But I want you to think about this morning, something small in your life can change your life. You know, this this year, God may may have told you something through the word of God, maybe from what we've talked about on Sunday mornings, or hopefully you're in the Bible during the week, but God has spoken to you. And and maybe it's something little that can change the direction in your life and over time bring you, again, to the destination that is better than you even thought. Just something small, something that most people would let go in one ear and out the other, but God says, whoa, 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 hold on to that. That's what hope is. And with our hope that God has given us, then we can put our faith because the Bible says faith is being sure of the things we hope for and certain of the things we do not see. When it becomes visible to our eyes, when it becomes tangible, when, here's biblical word, when it becomes manifest and manifests itself where we can see it, then we don't have to have faith anymore for it. But this story of a, a, a mother and a father having a baby and and just something small that happens every day, and you know it as well as me, happens every day. Something small could be overlooked, but eventually it will, because of this act, because of what happened, because of the star and the manger and all that good stuff, mankind's changed. That's why we sit here today. Something small. The small revelation of a baby being born changes your life and changes my life. 
But I, I want to talk about this. I want to talk about these characters in the Bible and the disappointment that was knocking at their door. Some of them will open the door and welcome in disappointment. Come on in, sit down. Let me talk to you more and more. And others will reject disappointment at the door and say, no, no. God's plan is going to be carried out. You have control over three things in your life. The thoughts you think, the images you visualize, and the actions you take. Let me say it again. The three things in your life, the thoughts you think, the images you visualize, and the actions you take. In Matthew chapter 2, this is a story that we read in our family every year. It's chapter 2 of Matthew, and it says, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? Remember that. They're asking Herod, where is he that is born the king of the Jews? We saw a star when, we, when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and, Jerusalem, and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the peoples, chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem and Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, and by no means least among the rulers of Judea, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I may go and worship him too. After they had heard this, after they heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they seen, they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. They opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country another route. When Herod realized that they had been, he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious and he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and in vicinity who were two years old and under in accordance with the time he had learned from the Magi. Now, this morning, I want to just take, and, and I want to apply this to our lives because something of a revelation, something that is unknown that becomes evident to you that can change your life, it's very important. The, the Bible characters, of course, we know that there is baby Jesus. There's Mary, the mother of Jesus. Joseph, the father, stepfather. He's not the, the father, but we know God is. But there's Magi and also King Herod. All, all people that the story that every year that we talk about. But this year, 
I'm going to talk about hope and how disappointment comes in your life and comes into my life. And we even know to be careful not to let it in, but it, it constantly knocks and says, please let me in. See, the Bible says that when Jesus was born, he was taken to the temple and there was two uh, characters that, you know, that I, I didn't mention and I'll just briefly mention. One was uh, Anna that had been there for uh, years waiting for the baby to be born, the, the redemption of Israel. And another one was called Simeon. And, and Simeon takes the baby and, and under the, the influence of the Holy Spirit, he's, he said, this is the Son of God. And he, he begins to pray and prophesy over Jesus. And he says this, mentioned in Luke chapter 2, verse 34. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause, listen to this, to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel. When you read that, you go, what? I hope I'm on the category of those that were rising, not falling. And then he goes on to say this, and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts, in other words, what's going on on the inside is going to be coming out of their thoughts, their mouth. And the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own heart too or your soul too, Mary. When I read that, I realized that Jesus comes and a lot of times he has the ability to come into somebody's life and present hope or disappointment. A lot of times that you'll tell somebody about the good news of Jesus and, and you'll see something come over their face of either hope or disappointment. I've talked to many people that when you, when you tell them the good news, they go, ugh. And they'll begin to tell their story of how they were disappointed in something they believe God didn't do in their life. You know, this is what I was taught. But you know what? This is what happened. And it wasn't something that I was excited about. It was something that was a disappointment to me. And sometimes as you begin as a pastor or just somebody sharing the good news with somebody, they, they, their, their spirit is so closed. They're saying, ah, no, 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 no. I'm not going to get hopeful anymore. And they reveal their heart because of their belief system now has been influenced so strongly by their own experience, the circumstances that have come in their life that they say, nope. See, this is what Simeon says, that the hearts of many, or the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. Again, let me encourage you to realize that Jesus was born of a baby, as a baby, but he grew into man and he died for our sins in order that we could have a relationship with him. What's so amazing is that our creator didn't create us like a robot. You will serve me. Yes, we will. But he gives us a free will, which sometimes is a little bit above even our own IQ. Sometimes we say, no thank you. And I believe in eternity we'll be saying, what were we thinking? And that's the question. We weren't. But Jesus died in order that we would have relationship with him. And even sometimes people that have no clue about God, no clue about the Bible, will know that John 3.16 will be a witness that God loved the world so much 
that he gave his only son to die on the cross that whosoever believeth on him should not perish but have everlasting life. The relationship. A lot of people say, yeah, I believe there's a God, but do they have a relationship? That's why Jesus came to die for us, to forgive us of our sins that we could have a relationship with him. When Jesus died for you and me, this is sometimes what we forget. You realize that he died for the person next to you. Sometimes we always say it's the guy with the thumbs that he died for. Just me, 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 me. Isn't it amazing that even children get the me, me, me down? This week as the ladies went shopping, the men in my family got the glorious duty of babysitting. And those little baby boys, let me tell you, they look like little cherubim with rosy cheeks and smiling. Me, mine, mine. Looks pretty cute, doesn't it? Don't look cute on a 60-year-old man. But God's forgiveness and grace in your life is more than enough. So you have, listen, more than enough to share with somebody else. Well, you don't know what they did to me. I know what you did to God, and he forgave you. And his grace is sufficient right now, wherever you're at in your life, and you have more. You have been blessed in order to be a blessing. So you can forgive that person no matter what they did to you. Sometimes we get all caught up with, well, you know, I would be a blessing financially if I had a little bit more money. Well, you don't have to wait for more grace. You can be forgiving of people that have done you wrong and say no to the disappointment of whatever the circumstances around that have caused in your life. We are blessed to be a blessing. Give grace. Give forgiveness. Don't let disappointment because of that come into your life this year. Or in the past, say no to it. It's a new day. I want you to see this character called Herod. You could sum him up as a disappointed man. I mean, just in that little passage that we read in Matthew, you can say that he trembled with fear when he heard that the baby quote, king of the Jews, had come on the scene. He was overflowed with jealousy. He burned with anger. You know, I did some studying because this isn't my first Christmas, and this isn't my first Christmas to study this, but again, I'm reminded of some things that I forget about Herod. Herod was a guy that in the the Bible was very, if it wasn't for this situation, you would say that he was both Kind of good and kind of kind of not good. Because really he could have been known in some parts of Israel as a very benevolent king, a very, uh, maybe even a genius, because he was able to do remodeling projects for the people and to help the people. But there was something about Herod that got a hold of him that was the best of him, that got the best of him, that continued to describe him and even describes him throughout history. And because disappointment would come into his life, that he would become jealous and and have a fit of jealousy, just like a little baby, just like a little kid. But instead of just beating his head against a wall or screaming until he turned red, he would have a tendency to say, you know what, let's just kill him. Let's remove him. 
Even some of the craziest things that you can imagine. History tells us that King Herod, that titled himself probably the Great. Do you know that he married a lady? And if I'm pronouncing her name right, it's like Miriam. And, and he got so jealous, and I began to research, why would he become so jealous? Do you know what history tells us? The influence of his sister was so great on his life, she would tell him things, and he would just go into a rage. Even to the point of killing Miriam. But because of things that she spoke in his life, his sister, he not only killed his wife, but he killed uh, her mother and her grandfather, but he didn't stop there. He killed two of the sons that were born from her as his own sons. Later in life, he killed his oldest born son in fear that he too would have a, a threat on his own reign. Now listen to me. Can you imagine? Can, is it so crazy to think that someone could speak into your life and influence you so great that you'd want to just... You know what I mean? Let me show you in slow motion. Okay? You want to say it again? Anybody been there beside me? Just words coming at you, boy, can disappoint you. I can't believe that they would do that. It's not Christmas yet, so I'm not going to say happy. It's not always happy when you try to correct yourself. But someone speaking words into your life, you can receive those words just like we know the transformation when we come to Christ. The words will change your thinking and eventually it'll change your destination. In Herod's life, words came from his sister that ended up killing his wife and children. What? Disappointment. So you can imagine when he's thinking, what are these three wise men, these three uh, astronomers, these three uh, uh, kings? We, we don't really know. And as, if somebody tells you there was three, just say, <laughs> don't correct them. There, nobody knows if there was three, five, or several. We don't know if they were kings. But here's what's amazing is when the words go forth, they're just, they're just coming to declare, where's the... The baby born king of the Jews. What did you say? That was, do you know that up to that time, King Herod had held that title for 30 years? And now he's ready to kill somebody. The Bible tells us that he tells his henchmen to go into Bethlehem and kill all the boys two years and younger because of his jealousy, because of the disappointment that he's experienced through his life, now comes to place that just because the Romans have placed me as king of this providence over Israel doesn't mean they're going to keep me here. Maybe they put a baby here and they're going to take what is mine. See, Herod didn't know what you know and hasn't received the goodness of God in his life. All he can think is what is mine is going to be taken away and I'm disappointed. I'm going, to, I'm going to just welcome disappointment right in the door. I'm going to have it sit down right here and I'm going to just coddle it until I get so disappointed I'm going to go crazy enough to kill. So many people were tormented and gone into misery because their child was killed by a disappointed man.
Can I tell you, don't be that kind of guy. You might not be to the place of killing somebody, but there's something about disappointment that will rob you of all that God has for you if you'll just, just keep letting it. Don't allow it. You know, when I, I look at disappointment, I think of the possibility of the parents of Jesus. You know, at the manger seat, we always see two people, and usually they got that, you know, majestic look on their face. But can you imagine? Let's, let's just talk about Mary for a minute. Ladies, you're a young lady and you've done everything right. And one day an angel shows up and says, you're going to have to tell everybody you're pregnant by God. How long does it take you to go? That's not what I expected my life to look like. Because disappointment is unfulfilled expectations. I'm not a lady and I, I wasn't a little girl. But I would imagine a lot of young ladies that are growing up want to have a husband, a child, a picket fence, whatever the dream is. But it doesn't involve an angel showing up and saying, you're going to have to convince people or you're just going to have to tell people that was an angel. When I think about Joseph, I, I can kind of put myself in that place. And men, you for a minute, think about it. You love this lady, you've put some thought to it, you're going to ask her, and you have been betrothed. In other words, you have been promised to this lady. Everybody knows. You kind of get that puffed up chest as we do as men, thinking, yeah, she's mine. Surprise! No. She's pregnant, not by another man, but by God. Are you kidding me? Come on. But I want you to see what the Bible says about when disappointment showed up at their door and knocked. It says about Mary. Listen to this, just this little snapshot. In Luke chapter 1, verse 38, she says, I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left. In other words, she said, I'm in. I'm not going to allow disappointment to come into my life because my hope is that God has a purpose and a plan that is good for me. Maybe I can't see it right now, but I'm going to walk it out. I'm going to do that. No disappointment. You're not going to come in. Now, let me give you a little snapshot of what Joseph was going through because all the things, the Bible says that he was going to secretly put her aside. In other words, divorce her. But when the angel appeared to him in a dream... What was his response? The Bible says in Matthew chapter 1, verse 24, when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. When I read that again, here's disappointment trying to get in, and Joseph says, no, sir, you're not coming into my life. Let me give you one more, and it was the Magi. The Bible says that these guys come from the East. And when, when you study this, some people now realize, or they, they're looking back, that there was a prophecy even in Daniel, which is the Old Testament, hundreds of years earlier, in Daniel chapter 9. Remember, Daniel was taken into slavery, into captivity, and he becomes in the, one of the chief advisors to the king, but also a prophet. 
And Daniel begins to prophesy about the coming king that's going to change the world. And what's so amazing is these guys, we believe, these wise guys, <laughs> these magi, have been waiting and they've been passing down this prophesy, prophecy until the star is a, coming to, to manifest. Here it is, here it is. We've been waiting on this. They travel, some people think, maybe months to get to Israel. Now think about the disappointment in their life. What happens when you follow a star and you find a stable? Hello? That's not what I thought. I thought I'm going to come into a palace of marble and I'm going to come in and, and they're going to have everything ready for me and I'm going to come in with my little gift and I'm going to present it and they're going to be like, wow, look at that. These guys, they've been following the word of God. They've been watching for the prophecy to take place. Now, let's stop here. The disappointment we never see. We, we can read that, that portion several times, backwards and forwards, and, and, and we, we just something, just a, just a phrase, just a word that says, you know, I, are you really the king of the Jews? Because it doesn't look like it to us. But it says that they come and their words like they're overjoyed. They, they, they come in and they, they present gifts. They don't see a little baby, you know. And, and two, we don't know if it's actually in the manger or two years even following the time where the, the, the uh, star appeared to the, the shepherds and all that. But this is later, we believe. But even at that time, can you imagine that the, the, the magi that show up and they think, maybe we'll keep our gifts because he's not really looking too royal to us. Let me tell you again that disappointment is unfulfilled expectations. And everybody in this room, we could take turns talking about our unfulfilled expectations. Anybody have a Christmas that you just knew that there was going to be a gift under that tree that had a, a BB gun and it wasn't there? I'm sorry, or, or whatever you, you thought. Disappointment. And we walk through life and we go through life and we go through life and we go, we're going through a journey of life and it seems like if we're not careful, one of those disappointing times in our life sneaks in. Would you like a cup of coffee disappointment? Sit down in this chair because I really want to hear the latest news of what's happening. The wise men rejoiced in seeing the baby. It's not that they did not have expectations. It's not that Mary and Joseph didn't have a plan that they thought would be great for them. It's just that they got to this place and they said, I'm not going to be disappointed. Do you know that later in the Bible, you'll hear that John the Baptist is disappointed? I thought Jesus was going to do this and this. You know, could, could you, is he the really the one that's going to come? Or should we wait for somebody else? Disappointment. 
If you go back in the Old Testament, you'll, you'll see people like Elijah. Yeah, the gray-haired guy that could run. I mean, he had it, go, but he got disappointed. Wanted to die, laid under a little tree, a little broom tree, and said, I'm the only one left. And now they want to kill me. Disappointment. Can I speak? And you listen this morning. That Jesus Christ died on the cross because he wants to give you hope that you will have a relationship right now, not in eternity, it starts right now with him that will last throughout eternity. Do you understand what I'm saying? When you put your faith and allow the Holy Spirit to guide and speak to your life and, and not allow the disappointments of life to come into your life, when you allow the Holy Spirit to encourage you, to direct you in your life, He gives you hope that even though that the moment that you're going through, maybe somebody has passed away that meant so much to you, and at the moment you think, there's no way that I'm ever going to smile again. Hold on. Our God has hope for you. It might be Christmas and you think, you know what? I wish my children were around me like when they were little and now nobody. Let me tell you this. God has hope for you. Hold on. Don't let go. Don't invite disappointment into your life to guide you, to direct you, to allow jealousy to come into your life, to disappointment to come into your life. And let me tell you this. That these stories tell us about unfulfilled expectations that can turn to disappointments, that can turn into offenses. And those offenses that come into our life is nothing more than a bait that Satan has for you to still kill and destroy the abundant life that God, as a baby, came into this earth to grow into man, grow into a man, to die on the cross for our forgiveness of our sins, that life of overwhelming joy, hope, and happiness, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy through offenses that you will have with somebody else. Chances are you'll get a chance to walk out this sermon before the end of this next week. Because what I found out is any time that I get a word from God, the test is soon to follow. You know, kind of things like in the Bible where Jesus tells his disciples, let's get in the boat and go to the other side. And once they get in the boat and go to the other side, the storm comes. What are you going to do with the word of God that has been spoken today? When Jesus tells his disciples, listen to this and I'll wrap it up. When the, Jesus tells his disciples, there's so much more that I would have liked to taught you, but you're just not ready. Do you know what disappointment does? It reduces our capacity to grow. You've heard me say it many times. A lot of people say, you know, I've been in the church 50 years, you know, serving God. But they only have really one year of maturity because they've never gone to another level. They've never applied the word of God to their life and then fought through the test that shows up to say, are you able to walk in love instead of just knowing it? Are you doing it? Watch this. This is an illustration that has changed my life. When I heard about the koi fish that is put in an aquarium. You know, it's, it's pretty, but 
they look like they're just goldfish. But the koi fish will stay the same size, that little size, the rest of their life if they stay in that aquarium. But if you take that fish and you put it into a pond, it sometimes grows to maybe two to three, maybe even bigger, two or three pounds. And, and you've seen them. You've gone and you've seen those little uh, uh, Japanese pools maybe and you've thrown food to them and they're huge. It was depending on the environment that they lived in. A, a similar illustration is I was talking to this guy that meant a lot to me, a mentor, and he's, man, just amazing. And I said, what, what would you say? What have you done when, you, you know, all these things God has done in your life and, and you've really walked by faith? There's no, I just, I admire you. And you know what he said? In humility, he goes, John, I was an eight-ounce glass. And God said, if I have a gallon of revelation and good stuff to give you and pour into you, can you hold it? And he looked and he said, I can't, God. He says, then you need to increase your capacity. Begin to be obedient to the things you already know so that when new revelation comes, you can go to another level and another level. Can I just encourage you by saying that if you're walking with a past hurt, I'm not trying to minimize that you weren't hurt. I'm just saying that God has something that is bigger than that disappointment that is keeping you at the level you are. Maybe you're at a place where somebody can just say, you don't look too fat in that dress and you're ready to fight. It's time for us to go on to say, you know what, God? I'm not going to allow disappointment to come into my life. You came into the world. Father, I forgive those people just like you've given me forgiveness. Let's pray. Father, today you are such a gracious Father. And God, when somebody gives us a gift at Christmas, God, we're reminded that you've given us and given us and given us so much. And Father, we do not want the enemy to come in and steal, kill, and destroy what you have given us and blessed us with. Because God, we want more in order to be a blessing to more. Father, I pray for those that have walked in disappointment. Father, that they are lacking hope. Father, this Christmas would be a kind of a, a date, a landmark that they would say, no. No more. I refuse to continue to walk in disappointment in my life. That I might have a new day. That this coming year would be the best year of my life. Father, I speak that over my friends today. In your wonderful name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, there's no greater time for us to prepare for a year ahead, a new day in our own lives. As Christians, we hear the message of truth here at this time of year in a, a fresh and new way in order to position ourselves to be all that God called us to be. Once again, 
when we have a new opportunity for 2024. So stay plugged in as the year ends. We want you to be a part of what is happening at this church and also for you to be blessed and walk in the things that he's called you to do. John and I just want to wish you a very Merry Christmas. We are honored to be your pastors. Um, it is a joy for us to serve here at the church, and we consider you family. So we just want to thank you so much for being faithful throughout the year at this church. And uh, for those of you that plug in and volunteer, it takes a team to do ministry when you come to church on Sunday. We're so grateful for the staff of this church that serves and does ministry every week. It's just a joy to be a part of this church. So I want to encourage you that uh, today is the final day for us to give to World Gospel Outreach to support the 24 children that are living there um, at uh, Rancho Ebenezer. Our church has been partnering with um, this organization for a number of years doing missions trips and also we love to be able to support the kiddos that are living there. Um, again, they're at-risk uh, youngsters that are living there and they're educated there at World Gospel Outreach in their own private schooling situation. And uh, it's just an amazing opportunity to be a part of this uh, world-changing ministry, really, that is happening there in Honduras. So if you would like to give to World Gospel Outreach, be sure and do that. Today we'll be sending those offerings so that the children can be not only sponsored for Christmas. Remember I told you last week as I had uh, shared the vision that the in order to sponsor the children, all of the children for the Christmas season, we needed to provide $1,000, and that was our goal, and one family gave it that day. So we're just saying, well, you know what? We're going to increase our goal then. We're going to actually try to bless them for another month or two in the weeks and uh, the months following at the first of the new year. So we'll let you know how much is collected by this church family for World Gospel Outreach. Be sure and make a note on your envelope if you're giving in person today or if you give online, you can also make a, make a note there that it goes to World Gospel Outreach or WGO. We're sponsoring two families this Christmas, um, single moms with children. We're sponsoring them for the Christmas season, able to provide, we want to provide gifts and a great Christmas uh, dinner for the families. So that's another opportunity for you to give. We'd like to give those um resources to these families before the week is out. So again, this is the day, or you could actually give probably up to about uh, December 20th. So be sure and make note of that. If you need to pray about that and finalize your offering, you may have already given, and you're sitting there today thinking, oh, you know what? I'm going to give a little more than what I had planned to. We encourage you to do that. Thank you for your generosity. Um, want to remind you that our upcoming Christmas Eve service on De December 24th is going to be a fun family time. You want to come in and enjoy uh, that one service. There will be no AM service on um, Christmas Eve, only the, the Christmas Eve service at 6 p.m. on Sunday next week. So make sure that you prioritize that. Invite your friends and family. Um, if you're interested in being part of our caroling team, would you just join us at the front? There will be a, a meeting shortly afterward to go over some of those details. Um, we want to spread uh, the hope of the Christmas season with our community. So there'll be opportunity to touch a few families in our community in, uh, on that caroling event. We're going to share those giveaway uh, printed things that you'll see at the back. 
um, that Justin mentioned. If you want to take those and share those with a neighbor, something tangible to give them, then be sure and do that. We'll be also sharing those when we go out and do our caroling, letting people know that we have something to offer right here at the chapel for them. Would you stand with me? Thank you for putting Jesus first in the season. Thank you for putting him first um, on Sunday. This is the really the first day of the week. So I hope that the week ahead for you is really, really blessed as you walk in the truth that you heard today. I'm going to pray a blessing over you. Father, we just thank you for the opportunity to come and hear your word. Thank you for the hope of the season, the hope through the message of the gospel. And so, Lord, we receive that today, and we will walk in it. We'll walk in the love of Jesus and spread that to those that you've put in our pathway under our influence, Lord. Help us to just bring you great, great glory in our lives this Christmas season. Lord, we thank you that um, you have given yourself for us. And Lord, in return, we want to give our lives back to you so that you might shine through us in amazing ways. I pray that you bless each one here today. And Lord, um, bring us back for a great Christmas Eve service next week. In Jesus' name, amen.